0: Welcome, friends. This is episode 21 of The Modern Recordist and another 90-minute episode with an in-studio guest. This is the podcast where we explore how to design and live your life as an extraordinary artistic visionary, discussing inspiring and creative ideas around making music and art that creates an impact in the world. On this podcast, we sit down with musicians, songwriters, artists, producers, and all manner of artistic visionaries to learn exactly what we have to do and who we have to be to create meaning and live out our artistic visions. And this is episode 21. And uh, this week, I've got a new friend in the studio, Ben Hart he is a producer, songwriter, string arranger, musician, utility guy and uh a studio guy, all uh all manner of artistic hats <laughs> that he wears and uh uh musical uh extraordinaire. So uh here we are. This is it. Um we're going to have fun. It's going to be really good time. Looking forward to the next 90 minutes of the show. Thanks for being here.
1: Yeah, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's going to be a blast.
0: Yeah. And so let's just go for it and uh, let's just play in, straight in with the song.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, you know, I'm going to pick one that kind of does a couple of, let's say I wore a couple of hats on this one. This is it's a band, New Victorians. This song got featured on a, uh, a sampler not too long ago and... uh and kind of took off a little more because of that. And I wear several hats on this. This is actually was a band I had a few years ago, uh, and it's still a project, actually. It's going to turn into something more theatrical. But uh, this, I was the singer, uh, producer, and did string arrangements. This one actually did co arranging with a friend of mine, Chris Massa, who's a great composer. Um, so I'll play it in here. And we can, uh, we can talk about it after. Perfect. Ghosts and Machines. Desire comes, the body burns. Minds twist, clench fist. We're into this. Move for a move and turn for turn. I can feel, I can feel a calm and head of steam. A heart of stone, a thick
0: Awesome man, that was Thanks, super man. super killer. So yeah, so um, so yeah, okay. Let's do a couple of things. Um, <laughs> first, let's talk about that. You 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 already kind of you know gave a little spiel about it yeah, going yeah, in, yeah. And then uh, let's also unpack more about the specifics of what you do because you wear a lot of hats and you do a lot of really cool things. And uh, you know, I, I rattled off a whole bunch of things that you do, but I'm you know. I'd love to hear more about each of those things. So, sure, man. Yeah, man. Tell us about that production there, that song we just heard.
1: Sure, uh, that's actually part of a three album series that I, you know, I alluded to at the beginning. That's going to turn into a theatrical thing. I really, a lot of people said that listening to the whole thing. It's a, actually the album series is about uh, an American in London during World War II and falling in love and during the, during the Blitzkrieg and stuff like that. So it's, i got an interesting backdrop to it. And actually the, uh, hard copy versions, let's say have interludes of broadcasts from World War II and, uh, oh, wow, yeah, of, of interviews and things like that. So they all kind of marry together. Uh, and that's been kind of a, a pet project of mine. Um, and you know, the five-year plan is to to finish it and make it into a full theatrical production, killer, which would be really cool, and uh, it it was a lot of fun to do all you know the strings and the band and and all those different aspects of it. it is yeah. pretty fun yeah so um and I'm really happy this studio geek out moment I'm really happy to see that. Uh, we're playing this through my iPhone and it's going through like API three twelve. Yeah, please. <laughs> my favorite. The strings were we used uh, those for the strings and I yeah. love them. So yeah, I'm a
0: big API
1: fan. Yeah, totally. Time. Yeah, it's killer. so we can geek out, but geek out about that. Oh, at some point. totally, man. We, we, <laughs> absolutely, we will. You know. Yeah. So that um, you know, and that took a while to do the uh, that song or those songs in general. That whole second album. Uh, is is kind of a love of mine. It's a little darker and heavier than the first album. Okay. It has like a good second act to okay. a play should be. Cool. Um so a lot of the songs kinda of sound like that on there. that cinematic, yeah. Heavy. Yeah. Um and you know, people people seem to like that one. So. That's
0: cool. So so this is the idea is a it's it's a theatrical production that you're gonna that you've so you've Come up with it. It's like your brain shot the whole thing from start to start to finish. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna. I I feel like I'm gonna have. There's a few people that I want to reach out to in terms of, and have reached out to in terms of uh, working on kind of the storyline and script, Mm -hmm. who also love that era and those things. Just because I feel like on this two heads are better than one. So I have Mm -hmm. the kind of big outline in a sense and how it begins and how it ends. Mm -hmm. But I think for some of that, at least story wise, uh, I want to get. It's. It would actually be. uh, There's two. Probably one girl in particular that I'm thinking of, just to get that perspective. Because as much as there's the male perspective of the guy in London, there's also the the woman who's a very strong female character. So yeah, I want to cool. have that as well. Yeah, I
0: think that's cool in terms of like a lot of things in uh, creative thinking, um, especially in in music projects. But the idea of group mind. Yeah, I think like you're saying. Two heads are better than one, and really you know when you really get into a relationship where you guys are flowing with the same type of creative energy, right, at least the essence of it, like sometimes the manifestation of the creative energy might be even at the, even might be like opposite, but like the essence of what your creative energy is gels right. in a way that like you get this thing that's just like this group mind thing and you can have like two people three people five people i mean one could argue i guess that at a certain point maybe you you get past a threshold where there's too many people right but uh, you know when you i think i don't know the, the the exponential power of group mind really you know my idea of it maybe it has no limits and that there's this idea of just you know you could slave over this thing forever and it could right. be one thing but to add another perspective tap the group mind yeah right. all of a sudden it could be whoa like yeah pretty yeah i like that and i
1: think and i think a lot of times you know we'll give credit to this one genius person and there's usually another person if not yes. two other people behind yes. them you know for yes. like every um who was it you know like bill gates and steve and uh now, I'm trying to remember the well, different entrepreneurs. I mean, well, yeah. we could say like uh, Larry Page and Sergey Brin. you know, sure. like the two founders yeah. of Google. Yeah. If you want to go into Well, the, the one business, that came to right. mind
0: for me was was Steve Jobs and Johnny Oz. Right. You know. Well, that's, a, yeah, and there yeah. was,
1: yeah, totally. Yeah. And, there, and a lot of times it's two very different mindsets, yeah. you know, kind of arguing and fleshing things out. Right. And, but the the whole is greater than the sum of its right. parts. At the end, yeah, totally. So, yeah,
0: yeah, I think it's really powerful. because mm-hmm. like, you know, you think about it's easy, like, um, you know, it's a really interesting thing that I've been thinking about lately is this idea of like, so what we do professionally, being in the studio, creating music, writing music, making albums, and all that kind of stuff. From the outside in, the people that don't make. They're living doing this and mm-hmm. it's not what they do every day from the outside in. It's like, oh, you know, you guys do this creative work and you're just creatives and stuff like that. Right. And then, and so it's like, you know, the, the general sort of um, p- opinion is, is like, oh, it's just, cr- you know, you're just creative. You right. just do this creative work and this creative process. And then in like sort of the more maybe traditional should I say business world, when you think of business and, and running a company in mm-hmm. sort of like the traditional sense, mm-hmm. the general consensus is it's non-creative work. Right, right. But, you know, what I've really been thinking about is really um, this area of like where creative work in the studio really, like you you start to analyze over time these people who are prolific and put out a lot of great work that creates a lot of impact with people. Yeah. And you sort of like you look at sort of like their work ethic and their career and they approach it like labor. It's creative oh, yeah, work certainly. that they're approaching like labor. And then what's really interesting is when you look in the business world, the people that innovate big time, you got like people like you all the people we just threw out, right? Like the Steve Jobs or even like um uh the uh, uh oh the SpaceX guy. Now I'm blanking. Oh on, yeah, the, Elon, you know, Elon Musk. Yeah, Elon Musk. Oh, those yeah. types of people, right? They approach their work. You know what they're what what they're turning out is like something that's sort of like innovative and not necessarily. Cre- you don't think of like, you know, you, you don't think of like I guess technology necessarily as like creative, but like they approach yeah, their work in is, this creative right. way. Like they're thinking like Steve Jobs always said. You know, if I hadn't done what I did, if I hadn't gone the route that I went, I would have become a poet. Right, and that's what he was like. I'm a I'm a poet, and yeah. then I think I don't know if he said it. But there's this thing that goes around in sort of the coder world is like code is poetry. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean?
1: I also do some coding. Okay. I totally understand that. Yeah.
0: So I've been thinking about those sort of like, I don't know, that's been something that a meditation of mine, so to speak, I guess, where I'm just thinking about, yeah, there's this like, I don't know if you're familiar with Stephen Pressfield
1: that wrote The War of Art. It's a fantastic yeah, book. Yeah, I'm actually starting to... I have, okay. I'm about a chapter or two in. Yeah,
0: I love it. Yeah. It's a great book. And But, he, you know, and I've heard... He's been a guest on a, some podcasts that I listen to. And uh, he talks about just that. It's like it's you've got to... You know, you've got to... It's like a labor thing. You show up and you go, you know... It, it, am uh, you know I'm going to show up to do the work. Right. Okay, I'm right. going to show up to do the work. Do I want to do it today? No, not yeah. necessarily. Am I inspired? No, not necessarily. Is what I'm doing good? I don't know, but I'm going to do it. I'm right. going to show up and do the work, and you know I'm going to put in the four hours. I know that like if I he's he's got it down for him. He's like I know if I show up from this time to this time and I put in a solid, dedicated four hours, Something's then I've won the day. And that's right. that's I've accomplished my work I've made good on sort of like I guess my promise to myself and like what I'm what I'm responsible for as a artist and a professional right you know right and I just really like his way of thinking it really kind of like oh yeah because you've got this idea of like you know, musicians or writers that just kind of sit around sipping coffee and waiting for like, you know, whatever. And it's, (laughs) yeah. Lightning to strike. Yeah. And it's just like, no, you make it strike, you know, you just keep going and hammering away and hammering away until like, you know, something comes of it. Yeah.
1: And so I have a, I have a personal quote and maybe a mantra, but the personal quote is there's no such thing as motivation, only inspiration and discipline.
2: Right. Those are the only
1: things that will get you to to do something. Mm-hmm. You're either inspired to do it or you're, dis- you know, motivation yeah. is sort of, you can talk to yourself every day, like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to write some songs and things like that. But for me and for most creatives, I would say successful creative people. Like, it's funny, I kind of threw that quote out uh, or threw that, m- my phrase or whatever it is out, you know, a couple months ago on social media and all the people that responded to it are people that I respect and are, and are doing things in mm-hmm. music or in business. It was really funny to see who liked that thing, who commented on mm-hmm. it where people are like, Oh man, that guy's a mover and shaker. Oh, she's doing great things. And I thought, okay, these people are resonating with it. Mm-hmm. these people yeah. who are g- being successful and, and the understanding that, you know, the only thing that really drives me to my guitar or to a piano or to whatever it is, is either I'm just inspired by something. I've heard something that mm-hmm. I want to like do it or that i sit down and i say i'm going to do this yeah. that discipline aspect yeah. of it yeah yeah and i think that's so important i think anybody we would throw any names we would throw out that who of people we respect i think that's how they operate they're mm-hmm. they're operating either by inspiration or by discipline mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so for, for me one that's one maybe
0: kind of feeds the other a little bit sometimes well like, yeah yeah, yeah.
1: You, you yeah you can't Sometimes you'll be working on something and suddenly you're inspired by like, oh, this came out and I had no idea it was coming, Right. you know, even like reading, you know, Keith Richards autobiography and him saying, you know, you know, he took a lot of flack for the amount of cocaine he did back in the day. Uh And, uh, not that I'm advocating to do cocaine, I don't do it, but he, he was like, well, it kept me up late at night, every night writing songs Yeah. and, and. Obviously, I've done pretty well at it. Yeah. So, but for him, it was that discipline of he was up every night writing songs. And I'm sure inspired by uh, the Motown stuff, you know, and all that stuff that he was hearing. So that that was just kind of tapping on that aspect of just going, you know, of that work ethic that people don't think about when they think of artists and musicians. Where, you know you're in the studio every day and it's da Vinci there's tons of like cast off little drawings that he did because Mm -hmm. he was just scribbling things every day. Uh, and maybe 90% of it he didn't like, but the 10% that he did that he liked got out there. And obviously it's the work of a genius. Totally.
0: It's like any, it's like that, that, that 80, 20 rule that pretty much applies to everything. Yeah, It's all about, excuse me. It's all about just, um, creating just yeah getting out in there and being disciplined to just keep creating and keep turning stuff out and keep going and keep pushing and do the work and mm-hmm. you know show up and then eventually once you keep stirring it up you start to tap on something you're like oh right this seems like something and then right. that's when that's kind of like what creates inspiration and then you go yeah. and then like you then you know maybe along the way you kind of like show it to a couple of people and they, like, for example, you know, this summer, I kind of, I had them, you know, I was doing, a, I was, had a sort of like a time period there that I was dedicating to, okay, I'm going to do some songwriting, I'm going to show up and like, you know, every morning I'm going to spend like four hours doing some songwriting and, uh you know, and so... There was a lot of crap in there. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. a lot of like, oh, uh mm-hmm. yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know what this is, whatever. This isn't really doing it for me. And then, you know, and then some some stuff would get to like completion and some or whatever. And so there was uh one particular it's like I got it to completion and I'm like, I don't know. I do I like it? I, I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm really not sure. Right. And then I just kind of showed it to somebody and they and they started crying. And I'm like, right. Okay. So it worked. Like yeah, it, it, yeah, you know. All right, so then that inspired me. You know, now I'm like, sure. okay. Now I've like,
1: so it's like, yeah, I like that. That
0: what was the quote that you said again? I
1: really uh, like it. It's it's simply the you know, there's no such thing as motivation, only inspiration and discipline. That's cool. So it's yeah, something I try to live by. Yeah, you know? I love
0: that. It really, that really resonates with me. Um, you know, the discipline part and it. Yeah. Know, the way that again, the way that that hit me was just. Be disciplined, do the work, and that will create the inspiration. You know, yeah, and of course, the most, yeah, sometimes you like, can be inspired by somebody or some
1: event exactly. or whatever.
0: But you can also inspire yourself by
1: just sitting down at and it. Yeah. sitting at a piano and and just keep kind of like noodling around, and suddenly something comes out that yeah. you're like, oh, I'm going to keep going with this. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I think inspiration. If we're going to want to go back to eighty twenty, the Pareto principle is like probably eighty percent of your inspiration probably comes from you sitting down being disciplined and doing things. Mm-hmm. And 20% comes from you heard this artist and you want to sort of emulate or they throws an idea at mm-hmm. you. Yeah. I get a lot of ideas from listening to the wrong thing from an artist as in I'll be listening to something and I'll think that they sang or played a melody or something and I'll go back and listen and I went, and they never played that yeah. or sang that. But yeah, and I'm like, well, I like that. I'm going to yeah, run yeah. with it. You know, you know this funny. has come,
0: actually that's come up on another episode before and I can't remember who I was talking with, but you know, I, I have some similar experiences like that that are really interesting where like you put on a record, say well, it's like a record that I've heard a million times, you know, we've right. all got like our favorite records, which is like listened to countless times. Yeah. And like super, super familiar with it. We just put it on, we're doing other things, we're running around and we're like in the other room and it's playing, you know, in the other room. Now you're listening to it from a distance through different walls and stuff and it alters things. Yeah, so totally. you're going you're, Absolutely. going, you're either like one, it's like, it's either something sounds like it's there that's not actually there yeah. or something else sort of gets accentuated that in, in a different way. The, and it, and it's like, it, yeah, it's exactly what you just said. It's like, you think that you heard a melody but you're so familiar with the record, you know, you know that that's not how it goes. Right, and you go
1: back and you... Pick up the needle and you put it back down. Like I swear I heard that, and you never did. Yeah, and
0: then you're like, oh man, I gotta now. I have this vision for this like huge hook for this song, right? And you're gonna sit down and like play it, and you're like, man, I just wrote this song. I just like, or it was like this sort of like celestial. whatever sort of <laughs> delivered a song to you, you know, it's just right. it's a really cool process. I'm like right. that. It's one of my favorite ways to sort of like discover something. Yeah, but. it gets
1: kind of like picked up by the wind and take yeah. blown into the next room and yeah. change it a little bit. Like yeah. The leaves. Yeah. Along and the way, it's really so. cool
0: because it's like, in a way it's like, it's like a collaborative process through time with with people artist. who have you've never actually in a lot of yeah. cases maybe never met or whatever but have always inspired you right you know and I think that is um I think there's really something to that when we think about it and just to me that idea steeping that into um my process for creation to know that like you know and that's kind of like what this pr- uh, podcast is about like kind of really drilling into this place where like music really literally does change lives and save lives and stuff sure. like that I think that for a while I got a I I uh I kind of lost sight of that and I had some experiences earlier this year where I connected with some people who were fans of some records that I had been involved in mm-hmm. and I'd never had that experience before where like I actually met the people like you put, you know, you do this work and it goes out in the world and you're like, cool. And then like, right. You see that it affects people or you see that like, it, yeah, they like it, a song. Yeah. Or, it yeah. gets popular or something. Right. But you don't, but then to like meet one single person or two single people and lit and like have them tell you the story about that album, this, 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 and
1: this. Absolutely. Yeah. And
0: all of a sudden you're going, whoa, like this is real. This is stuff that really, had this artist never written this and then and then you know this n- it never got out in the world and this wouldn't have ever happened mm-hmm. you know and so this idea of like artists like think of your favorite artists and the stuff that you listen to and how it influenced your life and what it caused to happen in your life mm-hmm. and then then you me- went and sort of passed that along by causing other things to happen sort of based on ideas that you got because you misheard something that they did. <laughs> right. And then it goes on, and it's just this way of like, I don't know, I imagine this thing of like sort of just, it's cliche as it is, but it's like throwing a rock in a pond and another rock in a pond and a bunch of people throwing rocks in ponds and just like all these like, it ripples yeah. out. And they sometimes like, the ripples come together, yeah. sometimes, yeah, they bounce off yeah. each other. All yeah, this. it's just like the universe affecting just through time. I don't know, it's sort of cliche and sort of woo-woo trippy, but at the same time, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, Hippy stuff, but whatever. It's you know. Yeah, I mean, there's some there's a truth to that. Yeah, totally. It's yeah. very inspiring. So cool, man. Well, that's really cool. I'm that's I'm glad we connected on on all that because that's definitely um, that's stuff I spend time thinking about. And you know, speaking of like you know, inspiration, the mm-hmm. inspiration part of what you said, I get inspiration from that kind of way of thinking. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Cool. Um, yeah. So. So I do want to circle back around to um, where we kind of started with the story of that um, project, right? Know? Right. So, are you um, when you say like a three theatrical production? Is it sort of like writing is like a movie, basically? Or yeah,
1: okay. I mean, a movie slash you know I hate to say like a Broadway production just because you think of like kick lines and Rodgers and Hammerstein kind of thing mm-hmm. but like a live theatrical production would be cool. interesting as well cool kind of re I think redefining I you know, I hate to say musical theater because you instantly get into this paradigm of of you know overacting and things mm-hmm. like that but mm-hmm. duh, I think more theaters moved into a a more realistic I would love for it to be a movie I think that's number 1 you know mm-hmm. my love my goal and love would be to score a movie uh, which might be happening in the future, and a song I'm going to play for you in a bit is getting picked up by a documentary and going to be part of it. And uh, cool. yeah, yeah, we'll right be on. probably played at Cannes Film Festival and all those oh, things. Killer so, man! Yeah, so uh, if it was a movie, man, that would be the dream. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but right now, it's a movie in my head, and so cool. it's just coming yeah. out. Yeah, that's
0: awesome, man. I I got a lot of movies in my head. Actually, <laughs> I, was, I was sitting campside by a actor friend of mine the other night, and we were we just got off on like a two hour tangent of like, let me tell you about this movie idea. Let me tell you this. Oh yeah. Sure. I love that stuff. Sure. Yeah. That's cool. You and I are kind of spun from the same cloth in that way. I think, you know, thinking in like terms of like movies and theatrical stuff, big sort of cinematic. Yeah. Yeah. It's big picture.
1: Yeah. That's really cool, man. Yeah. So,
0: but the project is, it's a three part project that you, that you're working on. Yeah.
1: So two out of three are done. Okay. The third one is kind of, you know when when I can get to it, I will get to it. So I'm so you, busy with other things. you, you know? thought
0: up this concept for this sort of theatrical story, and then you were like and, and then you sort of did you sort of channel that concept into inspiration and just for this mu- I want to create music based on what I'm inspired by in this story
1: it was kind of a both ends so I, I way back when I started it, um I really just wanted to put strings with rock. I just have always loved strings and that cinematic sound mm-hmm. and so it would always been a dream of like marrying those two and doing them live you know I've done these performances live before not so much the theatrical aspect of it because that's too much of an undertaking at this point but um it was that and at the same time like these two things that didn't go together I was kind of discovering at the same time so it was that I was like I want to do this sort of cinematic sounding mm-hmm. rock album and I was also I'm a history buff I love cool. um Really, I love all history, but I seem to have gravitated towards 20th century history. Early, you know, like mid 20th century. So we would say like the 30s through the 1930 through like 1970 is really okay. interesting. Uh such a momentous time in the world, in our country, all of those things. You know, we went from like flying the first plane to putting a man on the moon. Mm-hmm. You know, like just a huge, you know, just a huge amount of. Things that happened in that yeah, time somebody period. Yeah,
0: that's interesting. I, I, I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about that and I never thought about that before. But what was from the time that we like figured my, out how? Our to,
1: grandparents, right? Just yeah. what our grandparents, my grandfather, you know, grew up in a house that didn't have run, they had an outhouse and yeah. no electricity. Yeah. And to go from that as a young child, you know, during the Depression to now. You know he doesn't quite understand the internet, but just to live through that amount of technological change and historical change and sociological change, you know, is is huge. Yeah, I mean for us, it's the internet would be the closest thing, right? Which we, you know, kind of grew up with. Kind of it grew up with us. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I mean,
0: I can remember when there. I can remember pre. Well, I mean, you know, before internet was like a. Thing that you would have at your house. I mean, right. like people did before people. People didn't know what the. I mean, I guess it. I guess it existed, but not when nobody knew about it except right. for like top secret CIA people or something. <laughs> right. I right. guess You know, and they developed it in the eighties yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um,
1: well, that and I. Th- you know, obviously the next uh, evolution of that is smartphones, which we yeah. do. You know, obviously remember for, just started like less than ten years ago. Yeah. But has completely revolutionized and changed the way. Yeah. People communicate, people operate, all you know, people find each other, all those things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you had messaged me on Facebook to do this podcast. I
0: (laughs) I know, isn't it weird? Like, yeah, I don't know. I can get into a sort of a trippy place thinking about that. Like, yeah, it's weird, like, because, yeah, all these different sort of social networks, right? Like, how these devices and these technologies influence. Our behavior and mm-hmm. how we, you know, just the socioeconomic, uh, global, yeah. right. just behavioral patterns, and you know, it's interesting because somebody can come up with this because, like, you know, when social networks first started coming around, you didn't really, you just go, oh, it's just like you know, it's a social network, whatever. It's, right. you it's even it's think about it's, it's, its little thing, it's, yeah. it's own little thing. But like now, it's like it's, it's become so. Um, just sort of sophisticated and so much like a business and so much r- really, uh, I guess, ingenious thought is put into it. Mm-hmm. And you begin to think about like because new so- now when like somebody comes up with a new social network, there's a lot of needs to be – if somebody was like, you know, I was just listening to somebody talking about, oh, this new social network that I started. It was an interview. Right. And they were talking about why and how they created it and what the intention and the vision and the concept behind the social network was – that's so interesting to me because you know, back in the day of like when social networks first came on the scene, it wasn't about it. You put that much thought into it. You just were like, we just put a yeah, you know, you just place put my website friends and I up. to go to yeah. and have and a now little profile. Yeah. People go, well, I want to start a, a, a social network based on this, based on this way that people think and this way mm-hmm. that this sort of like interest that people have right? Sure, and then influence how they behave in this way, mm-hmm. you know? And it's a really interesting thing to think about. And, you know, I I was sitting around with a friend of mine not long ago kind of talking about this type of stuff. And there was this social network. It's a mobile one, you know, that, that I was checking out. And there were some people in like, I don't know, Vietnam that I started connecting with. Right. And talking with them. Right. And then, you know, we were talking with them and my friend pointed out, he's like, he's like, this is, this is, isn't this weird? He was like. That is that even real? Like, what, right. how do we know? Like, where is that going? Right. That's an actual person on the other side of the earth. that's and it's happening in real time. Yeah, in the palm is that of your person hands. real? Yeah, you know, how do we know they're real? What's really going on here? And I was like, yeah, that's that is interesting. Like, I don't know. It's kind of a trippy thing to think about. Oh, it's you know? really
1: trippy. That, I mean, even. It was a stuff of science fiction twenty yeah. years ago that you had this little device in the palm of your hand that you're talking to somebody across the, all the way around the yeah. world, and even in the music realm. I mean, if we, we can obviously apply this back to even technology affecting recording, mm-hmm. obviously, but also affecting. You know, I've done produce sessions where the drummer's in LA, mm-hmm. and we're on Skype, yeah, and that was something that just it didn't even happen ten years ago. I know. You know, yeah, and now yeah. you're 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 uh, laying down drum tracks in another city across the country, yeah. in real time.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I do yeah. those sessions. I do about I don't know three, four, five of those sessions every month. And mm-hmm. It's pretty wild. It's, there's usually we're in at least three locations. We got Nashville, <laughs> usually California, and then somewhere else. It could be you know a lot of times there's these folks in Scotland. Okay. Um. Sometimes we have we've I got a guy in. Uh, Germany guy in uh, China, it's pretty wild, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just like what's even happening right now, you know. <laughs> but I mean,
1: it becomes normal, you just get used to it yeah. so quickly. But it is like it's sort of a small miracle in a sense, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, technology, it'll be interesting, you know, what we take for granted now, even like Melodyne or something, which was like they would have just killed for something like that 20 years mm-hmm. ago. What was going to happen in the next 20 years? I know. You know? Yeah. We'd just be making music with our brains. Yeah. It's really
0: weird to think about. It's like you have no way of knowing. And if you, like, you know, if you can think of it, I don't know. I just, I think that it's just incomprehensible, you know, on a certain level. And like, but at the same time, what's really funny is uh, I say, if you want to know what the future is going to look like, just go look at the science fiction films. It's true. You know, because used to it would be like a joke. Like I remember like when Back to the Future Part Two came out and Steven Spielberg, I remember listening to an interview of him talking about, oh, you know, our whole thing about making the future, we were just trying to be over the top and be really silly and make a joke out of it because there's no way of knowing what the future is going to be. Right. But what's so weird is like, it it's like you watch these movies and then, 20 years later, it's like, wait. Some of those things are coming true. actually happened. That's a thing
1: now. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and how much it, it... I think it's funny also how much it informs. You know, like, I, the companies are trying to create the hoverboard, mm-hmm. right? Because they were inspired by Back to the Future. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. technologies and design and things are spawned from those science fiction movies. Like, that puts it in somebody's head of oh, I want to make a hoverboard. That would be pretty cool, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, but it's it's interesting. You know, some people can be spot on. You know, some movies are spot on. And mm-hmm. There's things that are spot on and there's things that are not spot right. on, you yeah. know? So, but it is interesting. I mean, those those are the people, the creatives and the dreamers are pushing humanity forward mm-hmm. with that, those things. Yeah. And I think that's part of why I, I I'm a totally a science fiction nerd. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big reason is because the possibilities right you know it's yeah. exploring the possibilities yeah
0: it's like closing your eyes and dreaming and just like tearing down the walls of any kind of limitation right you know just going what would, what does it look like to just, just turn off the limitation function you know? right
1: which is funny because I feel like in creativity and art there's a certain amount of of uh, actually having limitations yeah. is a good thing yes you know yes. I mean there is a sense of like You know, you might spend all night in the studio with these amount of instruments Mm -hmm. and you're going to spend that time creating and exploring possibilities. And so there's that, that marriage with the, with, you know, what we think science fiction is, but there's also something to having those limitations of, because if you have access to everything, it's like you have access to nothing. Right. You know, you're just going to sit there and, oh, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? But If you're stuck on, I have this little keyboard to work with or just this guitar to work with. Uh, something better comes out of it. Yeah, you know? the best thing for a creative person is a, the best and the worst thing for a creative person is a deadline. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, Absolutely. because you as a creative person are like, no, I don't want to have this deadline. Yeah. But it's the best thing because it makes you hone this creative thing into something tangible and yeah. palpable. And yeah,
0: yeah. And you know what I found is the closer that you begin to approach that deadline, the more that you just sort of get out of your brain and just just go for it. like this yeah. has to happen you so, take risks yeah 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 and you just and you just start like I don't know I, I don't know you, you just you quit trying to like qualify and and be so and like intellectualized you quit right. doing that and then you just you move past that and you just go you just start creating you make decisions yeah is really what it comes yeah. down to when like it comes to th- like you know writing you know um I guess I've had this experience mostly with writing I guess music, you know music but also just kind of like writing um opinions, like mm-hmm. I don't know, whether like a blog or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and thinking about it, thinking about it, think about it. But then it's like, dude, like literally there's only a matter of minutes left. Thirty minutes. All of a sudden this it's it's almost like I've had experiences where in the last thirty minutes I go, no. I rip the whole thing up that right. I've been spending the last five hours on, and start completely over. And in the in the and just that final thirty minutes, all of a sudden, I create the masterpiece. Right, it's right. pretty wild. It
1: is. I mean, I think in some ways you have to get there. Like I think you're out five hours before of of uh, you know. There's the method of pastiche where you go through all the other kind of styles and genres to find your own. You know, you kind of work in a certain genre and then you get good at that and then you move to the next one and move to the next mm-hmm. one. But I think there's amount of that five hours of of experimenting and trying kind of starts to put you in that in that spot and then that last thirty minutes, it's just decision time and you hone it in and you create yeah. that thing that that you you quantify what you've been yeah. trying to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um but oh certainly that's happened a lot. And it's funny, you know, it's funny to be at when you look back and you're like, well, why didn't I just spend 30 minutes uh, just yeah. hammering it out? Yeah, you know? yeah. And I think I've learned that more as a producer. I'm, you know, I had two thoughts on that earlier. As a producer, you just start to go, and I think when you gain experience, you know, it used to be I used to put every mic possible on a drum set that I could. Yeah, you know, right. Uh, and now I go. Now nah, you know what I just really like how these mics are sound. Like I really like how these coals are kind of pointed towards the wall, not towards the drum set, and yeah. they're picking up a cool sound. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do a kick, you know, like a kick mic, snare, and overheads, and that, and I, that's going to be the sound we want. Yeah. Instead yeah. of you know, it used to be when you first start, and I think talking again about technology in in the studio, again, you you know, oh, I can have as many tracks as I want in Pro Tools, mm-hmm. you know, or or Logic, whatever you're using. Uh, and so I'm going to use every microphone I can and then I'm going to decide later. Right. And then you get some experience and then you get a feel for what you want. And then you go, you know what? I'm only going to put five mics on this drum set. It's going to sound great. Yeah. You know, uh, and you get that confidence. Yeah, totally. Um, and it's funny, you have to put that limitation on yourself sometimes because you have access to unlimited tracks to record to, but to say, you know what? This is is good. And this is what I need. Yeah. Um, there's there's something freeing about that. Yeah, it's funny. There's freedom in in limitations. Yeah, believe it or not. Yeah,
0: that's cool. That's the second time this week that's come up, and I love that. It's yeah. totally cool. It's really cool to be reminded of that from time to time, and that's totally my philosophy. You know, I I had the same thing, like you know, coming up, learning, recording, and sitting with, you know, having mentors like teach me that, you know, and and um and then having and then really internalizing that lesson when. You know, I'm working on projects and and going. Oh yeah, I get it now. This is what they mean. Like to- mm-hmm. totally. And um, yeah, just kind of like playing around with stuff and just having that forward motion. Just always showing up to do it yeah. and do it and do it and do it and going. Like I don't know, I don't know what this is right now. And one day, just like I guess you've got it gone far enough down the path that it's all just sort of like it. it just all these sort of like moving targets and moving. Pieces just sort of click, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I've got enough experience that I I get it now." You just see it in a different way, and you go, "Yeah, it, I'm gonna do this drum mic setup. I'm not even gonna think about that because I right. because I know that that's gonna be great." And I'm gonna, yeah. you it's know, and, and, and I'm only and... gonna do 16 tracks on this whole thing because I know that's gonna be great. And right, you know, and and like you know, you sit with a with somebody recording vocals, and you're producing them and coaching them through recording, and you go. And and you just know when you hear, like, yes, that take you just did, yes. Right, just, oh, yeah. well And then, like, you know, you don't even have to think about it. And then, like, it's some, one of those things where it's just this, like, sixth sense kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if you were to go back and look, and, like, sort of deconstruct it later after the fact, maybe you could pull out why, what was it about that that made me say yes to it. But you, but you get enough experience that you don't need to think like that. You just, I right. said yes to it, and I know that I said yes because I just, I just know. Right, and right. That's a cool, that's a cool thing. Once you can get to that level, get there, yeah. yeah, totally. And
1: it takes experience in trial and error, and, and I think it also takes, for me, you know, I think we learn the most, especially in this, as, in a sense, as like a, uh, apprenticeship, not, in, not in the actual like. Uh, traditional way but in the sense of like sitting uh in the in the room when someone's mixing your album Mm -hmm. and seeing their decisions they're making quickly and i remember you know i for doing this album uh conrad snyder mixed it cool yeah and conrad i see the kopecky album up there he works with those guys a lot yeah yeah and i remember sitting in the room and he was just going through the tracks for the you know for the drums and just like no i don't need that and just deleting the yeah yeah like like, whoa, really? Yeah. Uh, but he's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to need it. Yeah. And, and learning from, go- you know, that's just an example, but, it, you know, working even down at like Dark Horse Recording or something and seeing those guys and they're like, no, I'm just not going to plug that in because I'm not going to need it, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. just making that decision um, and working with those people and working with people who are make those decisions and are confident in it, I think, allows you to then be like, oh, I can do that Yeah, and I can be confident totally. in it, you know. Yeah. Um, that that's just I yeah I, had I, I
0: love that I, I you know I came one of my biggest mentors was Jakir King and I came up under mm-hmm. him making a bunch of making a bunch of records and um just watching him work and nuggets of information here and there and you know it was that that whole idea make decisions and um and really a lot of times finding he he I, it wasn't really like I guess taught to me this way but but when we talk about you know putting imposing limitations on yourself, yeah he had uh, you know never like, I don't recall him ever saying it like that, but uh, you know, is that his own way of thinking about it, and essentially, that was what he's doing, i mean, like he he did a lot of you know recording the tape and like we didn't we we didn't you know you could do pretty much anything you ever wanted to do with Pro Tools, but we wouldn't do right. it that way, you know, right. and he would record live and and you know. It was just always thinking about the big picture and like, you know, it could be the one of those things where you feel like you soloed each individual thing. Oh yeah. There's a lot of crap. But if you put it in in context, all of a sudden it's like, that's genius, you know? And it's just sort of like this idea of happy accident. I sort of, you know, (laughs) that was a thing that I'm like, yeah, happy accidents. And you know, um, yeah, he always, it was really interesting how, just seeing like, wow, it's pretty limitless because we are limited.
1: Right. What well, makes me think, so I just finished the uh, George Martin's autobiography, mm-hmm. right? Producer of the Beatles. And I love, one of the things I love, I don't know if you ever checked this out. Anybody who does producing, engineering, mixing should just go online and look up videos of George Martin in the studio going back through like the Sgt. Pepper's four tracks. And pulling down the faders, and you just hear what's. And he's like, "Oh yes, on this one we had maracas and French horn on this track because yeah. we were only limited. They kept bouncing down and bouncing yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those are that's a giant sounding album yeah. with a full orchestra. Yeah, and it was recorded to four track. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but that like where they just had to make that decision and they had to print that drums. They had to print the drums almost at the very beginning mm-hmm. to to a channel or to you know to a stereo pair." Um, I don't remember. Yeah, that's, I can't remember if those are stereo or not. I, but just going through that is so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have a time to check it out and see what you can do with limitations. Yeah, you know, yeah. and what you can do with. And it. And you know, sometimes those things by themselves don't sound the best, but in the mix, obviously they. Yeah, sound Yeah, in great.
0: context, it's
1: genius. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, it's all about. It's all about what the each little part creates in the end that's a killer man dude i can't believe it. we're already like halfway through this whole this thing <laughs> we're so like, philosophizing I, away it's, over it's, here i love it I, I really get up on this so like you know i think there's a lot of some really cool nuggets to uh pull out from all these little things that we kind of dropped throughout this first half of this podcast which is yeah. really cool and so you know i do want to uh i do want to take a minute to listen to some more music that you've got for us today and sure. uh and then maybe and in we, the second half um yeah, there's a couple of questions that I have that 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 kind of pop into my mind of, you know, after we've been talking that I kind of, you know, would love to get into. So Yeah, we can talk more nuts and bolts yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah. like that too. Um, so cool man. Um, I'm going to do some quick promotional items and sure. then, uh, and then we'll we'll hit another track. So Sounds good. This is uh, the Modern Recordist. I am your host John Stinson. I'm a producer, recording engineer, mix engineer out of Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, I do a lot of other things as well. For example, this podcast, obviously. Um, And uh, I do some writing and blogging stuff on my website, johnstinson.com, J-O-N-S-T-I-N-S-O-N.com. There's no H in John. Go check out my website because I've got a lot of stuff there, lots of episodes of this podcast. Um, I've got a, a resource, Simple Tips for Recording Drums. It's called Recording Drums 101. So go hit that up. And uh, the idea there is that uh, you can just uh, get in there and check out some simple information that I've put together so that you don't have to really think about all the all the technical aspects of recording drums. And You can just do some simple and quick setups that work well, sound great, and you can focus on making great music. So go over there and check out everything I've got going on at johnsenson.com. Uh, also I want to give a shout out to JD Tyner who uh, drops in on the podcast from time to time. And he's the main man at glass onion recording. That's the studio that we run this podcast out of most of the time. And the studio that I do most of my work out of, you can go check it out at, uh, there's a Facebook page for it, glass onion, REC. So just go to facebook.com slash glass onion, REC, go like the page, connect with us there check out some pictures and what's going on at the studio and uh, drop us a line, get involved there. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to parish who draw uh, also drops in on the podcast from time to time. And he helps me out with, um, a lot of the uh, engineering stuff, uh, post work and things like that so that I can focus on getting guests in and hanging out with the guests and stuff like that. So check out, uh, Check out Parish. He uh, he's a producer engineer in uh, Nashville as well. Uh, you can find them online at jonathanpaulparish.com. So that's it for my little uh, promotional rundown. And uh, yeah, let's let's hit another song, man. I'm excited to hear another thing you got. All right, I'm
1: just gonna hit play. Here we go. Killer.
2: I've got penchant for this damn liquor And I've got trouble in my sights I've got painful tooth I just can't get rid of But I still got sleep at night I've got a feeling that when I sit deeper There's no chance to swim out of. My heart's breaking though it's never for the taking There's been a few Trap over the dice Why take my name with my maker's eggs See I left all away the eggs life You see me lonesome with that mare Draining green eyes Never made to be no rich man's wife There ain't no hoping This way I'm coping With all struggles in my mind With my makers and seeing and I left away the eggs of life. You see me lonesome with my man jane and I was never made to be no rich man's wife And when I tell you I'm not bothered by sticks and stones or tic-tac-toes I tell you, baby, that you oughta try and lay Bothered by, by sticks and stones or tic-tac-toes I tell you, baby, that you are
0: That's killer, man. Thanks, man. So, yeah, talk about that one real quick.
1: Uh, that's the one that's going to go into the documentary. Um, it's called Tempest Storm, I believe. Uh, and that's one, uh, her name is Shani, and she goes by Shantani, if I pronounce that correctly. And uh, that's I produced that one, played some guitars on it, and, and bass, actually. Um, and she's just got that great, you know gravelly voice mm-hmm. uh and wanted to, and you know she really likes the and i do too that kind of throwback country um ennio morricone kind yeah. of vibe all together yeah, yeah and uh so we really connected on that and uh put that out and we're, we're gonna work on some more stuff pretty soon to do a an actual full-length album for her those cool that's really sort of a demo in a sense. Oh, cool. And man. it got picked yeah, up wow. by the documentary. so That's it's killer. That's like, awesome. Like, oh, wait, let me remix that before yeah, yeah. you stick it in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But that's a fun... I love that kind of music. I mean, I love a lot of different types of, mu- types of music in conjunction, you know, in... Uh, what, I, what should I say? Not in conjunction, but at the same time, I'm doing like this synth slow jam project. Okay. You know, which is completely yeah. different. Yeah, You know, cool, man. 808 drums and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I, I like to say... Maybe another phrase or a quote you could use is um, I, You're only limited by your influences. And so the more things hmm. that you listen to, the more different genres and things, the less limited you are. Yeah. Uh, and I love lots of different types of music. Uh, I'll listen to classical and then switch over to. Fetty Wap, and then yeah. switch over to yeah. Know, that's cool. Is that, that is stuff. that
0: another sort of mantra of yours like, that you came up with? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah I like that. You're I only mean, limited cool. by your influence. Yeah, that's cool. You I'm going to put that stuff in the show notes. I really like oh, both thanks, Those man. quotes, those
1: are cool. Um, yeah, they definitely resonate with me. Cool. Yeah. Um, I think. I mean, I, I think they're true of anybody. You know, it's funny. Again, when I go back and or when I have conversations with especially producers I respect or musicians or general they listen to the most diverse things mm-hmm. or at least in their past, they've listened. Like, you know, we're talking about uh, mutual uh, acquaintance, Ben Bishop, mm-hmm. another producer. Mm-hmm. He went through this bit, you know, he produces like very clean pop stuff, mm-hmm. very slick. And he went through like a whole dream theater phase. Uh-huh. You would never yeah. s- expect this yeah. dude who yeah, writes yeah. like, just, you know, like, yeah. uh, but I think that's awesome. And I think b- having a brain or having a mind that will explore those territories uh Will help you uh, be able to think outside the box. Like you're, if you're going to sit in the pot paradigm, you still got to fit into this mold. But you're going to kind of push the mold, yeah, as totally much as possible. Yeah,
0: I think of it kind of like cooking. Like, so if you've got s- somebody who, um, you know, primarily cooks Mexican food or something like that, right? right? right. And there's a certain amount of, you know. S- Ingredients and spices and the staple things that go with that. But then that person ventures off for a while and they get really into like Indian food or something. Mm -hmm. And clearly, if you were to just like take all this stuff about Indian food and just kind of slop it into this Mexican food, it's going to be awful. (laughs) But if you were to like pick out little pieces and tastefully sprinkle in some kind of Indian right. food right. stuff throughout, Me- all of a sudden you're like this genius innovator in the world of like a few, yeah. Mexican food that nobody yeah. oh I never thought of that like some you know, sort of fusion like, you know yeah 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 so I I think that's uh, you know same thing with like music you'd be like the guy who does Americana but if you go on this sort of like two year frog rock sabbatical and you bring back like (laughs) something about that Mm -hmm. and put it into this Americana thing all of a sudden it's like whoa what is this like that's that's crazy like this I've never I've never heard an Americana record like this I don't even understand how they you know sudden it's this genius thing that nobody understands and then everyone emulates yeah you know like I mean
1: that's the world of music is someone you know it's like punctuating punctuated equilibrium like yeah. it goes along and does this thing and then someone turns it on his head and then everybody else copies that and goes along and does this thing and yeah. someone turns it on its head yeah and, and yeah time marches on yeah you know? absolutely
0: man that's killer so um so okay we start at the top of the show like i, I said i would circle back around to this and yeah. and and talk about your uh sort of i mentioned rattled off a lot of the things that you do Sure. But um, I'd like to go back into that and sort of like unpack all that. Because, you, you know, you're into production. You're doing string arrangement. Uh-huh. You're writing some songs and like all this stuff. Um, Touring. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> Playing awesome, different artists, yeah. Um, So you play a lot of different instruments, huh?
1: Yeah. I I play seven or eight, I think. I I kind of don't keep track, yeah. but it's somewhere in that area. And it depends on, I'll play different instruments for different artists. Or sometimes I'll play different instruments for the same artist. Yeah. you know, utility guy. Yeah, um, you know, I just got off of a tour uh, with a girl, Danica Ports. Very, very pop. Very kind of country pop. And playing guitar, played guitar and kick drum for her. Actually, okay, a like duo thing. Okay. And then when it's a f- when it was a full band, played bass. Okay. And then I'm going to be jumping on the road uh, with this guy, Dolo, Um A few spot dates here, and then probably more in the in the spring playing keys okay you know playing like two keyboards set up okay. that kind of thing maybe jump on guitar or so often
0: so um so you do a, a bit of everything is there is there a particular area that you enjoy more that you like to focus on more or you just like to really kind
1: of be a part of all of it yeah i i guess i like to be a part of all of it i mean i think there are things i feel more comfortable on so mm-hmm. uh you know i i love playing bass and i've always loved bass and mm-hmm. it's one of the first things i listen to i play electric and upright bass mm-hmm. i get called to do that around town a lot upright bass and um so there's some love, uh, to me that's a, a marriage of of rhythm and melody mm-hmm. right that you're playing and me- you know like you're playing good bass some of my favorite bass players are very melodic bass players but done in a very tasteful way mm-hmm. but they're making sure to keep the root and to keep the rhythm mm-hmm. you know and I think that's really interesting uh, but I love you know there's another song for for Shawnee um, that I didn't play that I play lap steel on okay and I love that sound and, and dobro is a very much a singing sound you know mm-hmm. and as someone who mm-hmm. also sings uh, again I'm always about kind of the marriage of two different yeah, things yeah 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 you
0: know so is there an area of sort of you know whether it be production or songwriting or playing or something is it like is there any one of those things that you kind of gravitate towards more than the other or you you just you I know it's just I interesting move, because you you, right. you you do so much right. and it's pretty prolific, it's pretty inspiring and cool and I'm just thanks man. it's just um you know is it it's is more that, phases than anything
1: okay. like I think I move in phases of man i really I'll get into a phase where I'm just producing. Or I'll get into a phase where I'm, you know, just playing live or just I'm songwriting. Mm-hmm. I mean, all those things sort of happen. You know, I'm like any good songwriter. I'm always singing things into my phone, and into my voice. Sure. Windows, yeah. Okay. You know, um, so those ideas are always coming. You know, yeah. th- there was, when we were younger, we were, uh, you know, had a band in high school and you know, we were all very sarcastic, you know, and I still am a, like a sarcastic person in a in a playful way and we would always say you know there's there's no off position on the genius switch it's always on you <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah. so those things are always coming out of your brains yeah out of your brain and um, oh, the we have a special dog. visitor the studio dog hey, hey dog Blue.
0: <laughs> hey buddy
1: <laughs> a sponsor
0: yeah um he's a bull in a china shop so just, uh oh watch out watch hold out onto on the tail. hold onto the yeah. microphones and guitars Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: so you no know, i think for me it moves in phases and there's a certain amount of you know i can sometimes be like uh A canary where it's just what was that and what was that and what's this over here Mm -hmm. and so if it comes down the line where someone's like hey we want you to can you produce this album yeah awesome let's do uh you know i have some rights coming up with some artists and then i hit the road and and in addition to all that i do Web development, too. yeah, uh, yeah. There's a whole side of that that I yeah. Think so too.
0: you know, it's 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 really it's cool because it's like you got a lot going on, and I think that you know it's really cool because I called this podcast the Modern Recordist for a reason, and it, yeah. part of it is because as a person who makes music, you know, it, it's a there's a specific kind of way people participate in this lifestyle. Um, Haunted house. Yeah, I know. In today's world, you know, what does the modern recordist look like? And it kind of, you're kind of the quintessential look because it's, it, you wear you more hats than you used to. Yeah. Well,
1: and especially I think the producer has changed a lot because now I'm this way and a lot of people this way. I know how to run Pro Tools because when you're a producer, half the time you're also the engineer. Yeah. Just the way, because of how technology has changed, that you don't have to go into a multi-million dollar studio yeah. anymore. Yeah. Uh, and that's almost like an old conversation. It's not even a conversation. You know, like, it's like talking yeah. about like, oh, streaming, you know, it just is now. Yeah. You know, people yeah. are like, oh, yeah. streaming and the death CDs, that's an old conversation. Yeah. That yeah. That's conversation happened 10 years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. And so as the modern what modern recordist? Or? Yeah, modern yeah. recordist, yeah. Yeah, as a modern recordist, you wear more hats than you used to. Yeah. Uh, and Because you can. Uh, And because you have to, because you don't have the money to pay for an engineer and for a producer and for, you know, I love the more people I can get into it. I love it because, you know, we talked about that before, it's just the power of groups. Like so many times you'll have someone play, I could play guitar on this thing and I have an idea for it, but man, there's so many times where you hire somebody else and they come in and they do something you would never thought of, you would have never expected. And it takes a song to a different level, yeah, you know? Absolutely. And I think there's a great value in that, but yeah, I think... To make money at the end of the day, to, you know, and not and in like a greedy way, but to do what you love and to make money doing it, you have to wear a few more hats than you sure. used to. Sure, yeah. Um, but there's also, on the flip side of that, there is, you know, the uh, the power of, of deciding to do, you know, there's the book called The One Thing, where you get really yeah. good at one thing. Okay. And you're known for that one thing. Uh, And for some people, I think that's true. But you have somebody like Elon Musk, who we were talking about before, who, um, you know, has Tesla and then shoots rocket ships into space and is working on, you know, solar power for your home and things like that. You have people that can do multiple things or you have people that are very good at one thing. And I think all of those things working together is why we have what we have and why society moves forward. Yeah. uh, But I tend to be a person who seems to be a jack of all trades.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so how do you manage that? I mean, cause that in (laughs) itself can be a challenge, right? Right. Like I'm doing a lot of the same types of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm doing a lot of different kinds of things. And one of them is like stepping into this podcast and, Being a host, that's different than being a record producer, and that's different than being a musician, and, you know, um, so how do you manage all that? How do you, that's, that's a big challenge, I find.
1: Yeah, and I will, I have to say, and, and certainly not in any sort of derogatory way, but not having a family helps, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I have friends who, it's a lot harder for them, and eventually, you know, I want to settle down and, and do that, or find someone who loves running as free as I do, uh, but i think you know in order to be nimble and quick you have to have the least amount of constraints possible mm-hmm. um or manage the constraints that you do have and so um i have to t- that's just an honest conversation of i know that 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 is i would not be able to do all the things that i do if i also had to worry about you know f- feeding mm-hmm. a family mm-hmm. and and just or just being there and taking mm-hmm. care you know mm-hmm. like that's i know i have friends who who do have families who are out on the road or whatever it is. And that's, you know, just tears at you. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a main, that's probably the biggest thing. as an honest conversation and just, I've always been a curious person. And I think that when you're a curious person and you want, always want to learn new things and try new things I, that just, just kind of flows into mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I've ever quantified how I keep that all, going in an order. Good communication helps. (laughs) Yeah. You know, there's nothing worse than, you know, being on both ends of this, there's nothing worse than someone's trying to get to you and they can't get to you or you're trying to get to somebody and they, but if you're saying, hey, I'll get back to you. I'm, I'm," you know, I had this conversation with someone this weekend. Hey, I'm in Maine right now on tour, but I'm going to get back to you this week when I get back and we're going to, you know, figure this out. And you just have to be able to schedule things out and know, there's a certain amount of organization that has to happen which is really tough as a creative. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. really tough as a creative person, but that comes that's that discipline aspect of, yeah. of somewhat organizing yourself and having a calendar in your phone really helps. Okay. So, know?
0: yeah, I was going to so there's discipline in terms of managing sort of the career. There's discipline yeah. in terms of showing up to to create to do the creative work, to, to put in it in, like put in the, the, the labor and stuff and, and all that. Um, do you have any kind of mechanics or any, any, is there a sort of a process for you to be, to, to, to have that discipline steeped into your life?
1: Uh, I don't, I mean, I think just trying to be more organized and disciplined. And I think that also comes a little bit with age too, um, where you just sort of say, Man, I've got to do these. like I've got to do this. I've got to put things on my calendar because I know I I'll forget them. Mm-hmm. You know, and learning those hard lessons. Uh, there's certainly a matter of it made me think of objects and motions tend into motion. excuse me, objects in motion tend to stay in motion, mm-hmm. and objects at rest tend to stay at rest. Yeah. And you once you start into the motion, once you get into motion, Uh, you want to stay in motion and you find ways to keep yourself in motion. Mm -hmm. And I think you just, for processes for me, I mean, in this industry, you never know what's going to come up and a lot of it happens last minute. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny, it's the adage of, you know, you think, You think you're going to be less busy in three months than you are right now, Mm -hmm. but you never end up being any less busy than you are right now. Yeah. You know, it just happens. And so you have to find ways for me, putting things in a calendar. And I always have like a little post-it note or something. I'm just scribbling. I've got to call this person. I've got to call this person, email Mm -hmm. this person. Just doing that and and making that happen. I think a schedule is really important, whether it's you impose it on yourself or someone imposes it on you. Yeah. you have to get up and you have to say, all right, I'm going to do these things. I'm going to make these calls and talk to these people and answer this email mm-hmm. because if I don't, I'm going to forget about it and it's mm-hmm. just going to keep pushing back and I'm going to lose an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, what, I, about, what about with, not to interrupt, you were just no, to fine, finish that's your fine. thought. I don't yeah. know if
0: you were finished with your thought or no, not. No, I think uh, go for cool. it. So what about in terms of creating art? The discipline in that, in that area, do
1: you, um, is there anything that you, is it just sort of? So a discipline for me, and we talked about it before, deadlines. Okay. Creating your own deadlines. And it's not saying like, it's sometimes it's saying, I'm going to do this by this certain date. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have this song done by this date. Or even my, ch- you know, my choice to move to Nashville. Uh, really, I remember talking to a friend who did something similar. And he said, just put a date on the calendar and, and stick to it put a date six months from now and that's when you're going to move. And you might get there, you might get to five months and say, I've got to push this back a month, but that you're working towards that goal is, is so important is, is of the highest importance. And the, uh, on the other side of that is giving yourself deadlines in terms of, um, Hey, I'm just going to book this writing session or this rehearsal. um, a week from now or two weeks from now and it's going to make me have to have something ready for that Mm -hmm. to me for me personally it's it's the um i'm trying to think of the right word knowing that someone is going to be relying on you in the near future for something accountability accountability is the word i was thinking yeah yeah it's that accountability for me personally some people that doesn't drive them but for me personally it's the accountability to somebody else like okay I better show up. I have a rehearsal with the band, and I better show up with a new song for us to rehearse. Mm-hmm. Or we're going to do a, co- a co-write, and I better show up with two song ideas that fit this type type of person that I'm going to mm-hmm. be writing with. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, that's what what that's the discipline that I yeah. have is just setting those sort of the shoot first, ask questions later. Yeah, you know, I'm going to shoot first and say yes. We're going to get together in this state. We're going to do this thing, okay. and then later go crap, how am I going to do that? I'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. That's cool. And what about when you've got, since you've got so much going on and so many different things, do you ever find that, like, so you've got some things that you want to create. This is like, you know, for example, that three-part project and theatrical thing, that's something that you want to create, you want to put out, and it's not going to get done unless you make time for it and do it and show mm-hmm, up. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, since you've got a lot of other things going on, there may be this other opportunity over here where somebody's like, Hey, this date, right. You know, we're we going to go out this. on the road and do this thing. And right. like, how do you keep from uh, having all these, you know what I've, here's something that I've struggled with. Yeah. I can ask it this way is when I've got my project, that's my thing that, that, that um I'm working to create a lot of times. I won't keep that. Sort of, I guess, accountability to myself. And I'll right. always go, oh, you know, uh, uh, this other thing's coming. So I will just always prioritize the other thing on top of. Right. And justify it I by going it's a struggle
1: you know, That's a struggle we all yeah. face, especially as creative people who work with other creative people. Um, I don't have a good answer for that because that it. my own projects do fall by the wayside. So mm-hmm. It's, a, you know, the plumber's house has leaky pipes, right? Right. He's busy fixing yeah. everybody else's yeah. pipes. Yeah. Um, and I think that's true for me. It goes back to the accountability thing. Like, if I send out the music in, in my treatment of what I want this script to be, in a sense, to another person and they work on it and send it back to me, you know, now I've got snap. Now I've got someone waiting on me. And it's almost like you're almost relying on somebody else to make you do your own thing, mm. you know? And I think that's true. That's for, cool. I, I like think it's that. true for almost anybody. You know, I. Going back to like, there's never been the one person who the one genius who does it all themselves, Mm. even the best musicians. You have really talented people, but they probably have a manager behind them or Mm -hmm. somebody that's pushing them to do these things. Because if they did it on their own, they would probably just sit there and read a book or surf the internet, you know? Like, um, it's always having that sort of outside. I mean, there maybe there's one in a million people that are just completely accountable to themselves and self-motivated mm-hmm. and maybe those are the people that are really good at that one thing mm-hmm. but for me and i think for a lot of us it's just you throw something out there just so it comes when it comes back your account you know you throw one of your own things out there so then it comes back to you mm-hmm. and you have to deal with it mm-hmm. because otherwise you're not going to yeah you're going to get distracted by everything else yeah, and hard. i think there's also a process of i wrote a lot more for myself back in the day and i think there's a process i i've let go of that i think one as a choice but also just i you know i just i've let go of it mm. of having to i mean i'm still writing i have a little secret project for myself that's kind of this croonery, chris Isaac-y kind of cool. thing but um and i do want to get that done before the end of the year but i just don't have i used to have a really big weight on my shoulders of getting that stuff done and I have to have this deadline and doing those things. And and I think there's a process uh as a person that you're just gonna let go of some things and it's good to let go of some mm. things. But uh you can't get let go of everything. I mean that's how you end up mm. at like a desk job, a dead sure, desk job. Sure, you know? sure. You have to hold on to your passions.
0: Right. Yeah. Killer man. Um, well, I'm going to ask one final question, and yeah. then we'll wrap the show up. And this is going to be sort of—I don't know. It, I've actually never asked this question before, so <laughs> it'll be sort of an experiment, and it may be kind of somewhat put you on the spot a little bit. But yeah. we'll, let's just—we'll just roll with it. It's all good. Yeah. Um, uh, what? What's your creative vision when you think about your yourself and your career and what you do and the work you put out, the things you're involved in? Uh-huh. You know, um, what's your What's kind of like your why? what's your what why did you end up here? You, gravi- you you made a choice to go on a path and your life gravitated to this place? you know what's your creative vision and overall or overarching right. all these things that you do? Well,
1: it's funny, I've had this conversation with a few other musician friends and creative friends, and it's almost like I have a vision in a sense, but I, I also do this because I can't help it. It's almost like I you know we've said we must have some wires crossed in our brains because what we do doesn't make sense. Mm. You know, it's the most like it's the most meaningful and meaningless thing at the same time. Mm. You know, like getting flying to a gig somewhere is the most meaningful thing and the most meaningless thing at the same mm. time. Mm-hmm. Uh it's and so a lot of what I do and why I do is because I can't help it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just how I'm wired and I know who I am and how I am. I could give it up and probably do business and, and be cre- do something creative in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as a creative vision, there's a half of, I just take it as it comes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of the fun of it in, mm-hmm. this, in this line of work. Mm-hmm. And the other half is, I do have a creative vision. Obviously we've talked about different visions I had. And so I don't have anything quantifiable that I can just say, this is my creative vision. Mm -hmm. Like I just want to do this because I, there's many things I would love to do. Uh, and many reasons of why I do what I do. Mm hmm. I wish I had a better answer for your question. That's cool. I think that's but a great I think answer. I mean, like, the answer yeah. is I do it because I can't help it. Yeah. I
0: think that, <laughs> yeah. And then the word, um, and then there was somewhere in there you meant
1: the word fun came out. So Absolutely. I think, I
0: think that's pretty cool. I think that's pretty meaningful.
1: You know, I think that's a rare, it's a rare thing. Most people don't have fun doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a modern that is, you know, it's as a, Lover of history—that's a very modern notion of loving mm-hmm. what you do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hundred years ago, you did what you did because you would die if you didn't. Right. And yeah. now you sort of—you know—Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We have all these needs yeah. being met. Yeah. We can now do what we love doing. Um, and that's you know that's that's a gift in this sense because absolutely, uh, many people are not able to do that even nowadays. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah it's it's a rare thing that's to be cherished and valued absolutely man yeah. awesome
0: thank you for coming on the show absolutely Thanks this for was this me. has been i've speaking of fun i've i, I had a ton of fun oh me this. too Thanks, and i man. think it's going to be a fun episode that people are going to really enjoy listening to There was a lot of great man you had a lot of great wisdom to, to bring oh, on the show thank you. and it was really fun and inspiring i I learned a lot here and this is really cool. And I look forward, I really, man, it's, it's really good. This is a fantastic way to meet you. Right. And thank I, you, uh, I really thank Ben Bishop for introducing us and I look yeah, forward to being, guy, staying connected with you, even coming back on the show. Would love be, to it'd be, it'd be, it'd be a ton of fun, man. Yeah.
1: Cause I'm sure it's uh, w- last thing, right. Is another saying I have is where you, where you are, you never, let's say this five years from now, you're going to look back and say, I had no idea I was going to get here yeah right and so yeah. I think even a year from now if we, you know we do another podcast we're gonna come we're gonna go and say I had no idea yeah. I was gonna be here yeah, yeah yeah and that's gonna be really cool to, it's always to see. fun yeah, yeah absolutely
0: so um as we wrap it up where can people find you online and where's the best place for them to connect with you yeah
1: um You know, uh, if you look for me, Ben Hart, H-A-R-D-T is how my last name is spelled. It's a crazy last name. But, you know, I'm on all the social media and I was an early adopter. So all the other Ben Harts out there are pretty frustrated that I'm (laughs) Ben Hart on Twitter, Ben Hart on on Instagram, you you know, search for Ben Hart on Facebook, all that stuff. um, You're going to find me pretty quickly. Cool. So social yeah, yeah, email me, benhart at gmail.com. It's cool. <laughs> cool, man.
0: So yeah, all the social media stuff, all the social media uh, stuff, email and all that is the best place to find, keep up with all the projects you got going on. And yeah. This,
1: Eventually a new so, website will come up, cool. but I feel like, you know, nowadays you want to see what people are doing in the moment. And we're yeah. talking about yeah. technology changing that, cool. you know, you're going to see, what I'm doing in the moment. I'll, I'll awesome, probably place man. a little picture of this on Instagram. Yeah, man. Hey, hang Killer. With John in the studio. Yeah, Great. absolutely dude. Yeah. Killer. So cool.
0: That's awesome, man. We're going to wrap up the show and uh, you can get ready to cue that up. And I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to, um, I'm going to just leave us with this. Thank you guys for listening to this episode 21 of the modern recordist. This was such a fantastic uh, episode and uh, I'm, I uh, hope that you enjoyed it and I'm sure that you did. Uh, Make sure that you get subscribed and stay subscribed on iTunes, The Modern Recordist. Go uh, search The Modern Recordist on iTunes. Click that subscribe button. Uh, Give us a rating as well because good ratings and reviews keep us relevant and uh, make sure that this podcast gets out there to as many people as possible, the people that would really want to hear this and enjoy it. And speaking of that, if you enjoyed this episode and know somebody else who would, please share it with them. Spend a minute to just send it to a friend or two and share it with them. Uh, yeah, that's it for this episode. There's more <laughs> for you next week. And in the meantime, go live your extraordinary life of an artistic visionary and create
1: something impactful in the world. Absolutely. I will I will preface this. I know we were going to have music, but this is something we were talking before. Ben Bishop produced, and I did Strings for, And I uh, just want to throw it out there because that was a great a fun project to be on. This is Maggie DeLone. This is a little more uh, cinematic sounding, so we're going to go out on a cinematic note. Awesome. Thanks again for having me, John.
0: Absolutely.